Do you ever feel like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream, or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job or maybe we might actually be right? Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm. You can go on the app. You can go on the website. You can go right on your phone on the browser and you can record a voice message. That's right. You can let your voice be heard on the SETN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page, SETN Preps, and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think. This is the SETN Podcast with Crisco Forth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. SETN Preps rolling into the final week of the regular season in high school football in Southeast Tennessee. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, hanging out with you tonight and uh, or today, whenever you, you hear this. We're coming to you a day late. That's because we've both had crazy weeks. And sometimes you just got to, you know, this this darn job thing gets in the way sometimes for both of us, Chandler. But we got it done. Coming to you uh, here a little later in the week than normal. But we've got a... Uh, we got a lot to get to today. We've got a ton to get to today in this show. So I'm going to turn it over to you, and let's go through some of these uh, potential playoff scenarios that we're looking at here in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, and Chris, the only thing crazier than our schedule this week is probably some of these playoff scenarios when you look down the barrel at it. You know, I, it amazes me, you know, and i got to say this before we get started. You know, back when we were in districts, we thought it was really, really complicated, and it was complicated. The 16-point matrix, we're not getting that right now. This four four teams get in. It's so simple, Chris. It's so simple. Yet teams across the state find a way to complicate <laughs> how to get in the playoffs, who's getting into the playoffs, and, you know, all this other stuff, Chris. So that's why we have to have these. Usually we have playoffology. Our, our schedules have been crazy this year, so we're going to put – Three, four weeks worth of playoffology into one episode here, Chris. So, you ready to roll? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. We'll start with 1A. This is probably one of the simpler ones you'll see. South Pittsburgh, a lot for the number one seed. Whitwell, a lot for the number two seed. Uh, I believe Whitwell, uh, they actually have a bye week this week. They do. Yeah, I'm looking at my schedule. They have a bye week this week, so they will play in the first round. I believe they have Joe Burns in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Um because I didn't kind of, I didn't look at the other end of the bracket because I got too tied up with our side of the bracket. Uh, but South Pittsburgh's at number one. No matter what happens, they have a game against Copper Basin. Um, the only thing that can happen for Copper Basin is that they can make some. I mean, you know, here's the thing, Chris. We're, we're going to talk about a lot of these playoff scenarios. Do I think some of this stuff's going to happen? No, I don't. But now I look, go South Pittsburgh's going to finish yeah. one. Whitwell's going to finish yeah. two. Copper Basin's yeah. going to finish three. Sail Creek's four. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, like. South Pittsburgh and Whitwell, they they are they got that clinch. I should say clinch, not lock, because lock sounds like we're just putting them in. Okay, technically speaking, the only two things that are up for grabs are that three or four seed, and there's not actually that much difference between a three and four seed, you know, because you're going to be playing tough teams on the other side anyway. So, Sell Creek or Copper Basin get that three or four seed. Copper Basin, all they got to do is win and have a Sell Creek loss. Uh, but if Sell Creek wins at all, Sell Creek gets that three seed regardless of, of what happens in, in the Copper Basin South Pittsburgh game. So uh, right now, Sell Creek is actually going to get that third seed because all they have to do is win. And when you look at who they got in week 11, Chris, they've got 
Lookout Valley, who is winless on the season thus far. So that's what you're looking at for Class 1A. Chris, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean that that's the way that it's gonna it's gonna plan out uh, play out. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for Whitwell to be able to get that number two seed. Um, interested to see what the playoffs look like for South Pittsburgh now, and and how deep South Pittsburgh goes. Yeah, and this this region we're looking at in one A, Chris, it is like death and taxes. To be honest with you, I mean, there's a little shuffling and a little jockeying for position every year, but it comes out just about the same way every year. Whitwell or South Pittsburgh's on top, and then everybody else is fighting for that third and fourth spot. All right, let's go to 2A. 2A This is, is going to be the region that we talked about, 3-2A, Chris. We talked about being the best region probably in the state at the top of that region. You've got Meigs County, Marion County, and Tyner, who, by the way, in the last seven years, They've represented the East six times in the state championship game. So, uh, and I might add, Chris, uh, they've all fallen short in that. I, I, mm. You know, when you think about that, you know, because Marion County had the three years they went, and then Tyner had the year that they went, um, and then Mex came with the last two years, and they've all fallen short in that. Just can't quite get past it. Um, Trezevent was real big. Peabody was real big at those different times. But this year, I think, could be the year we see somebody break through. Basically, Chris, that Mexican-Marion County game, everybody knows this. Whoever wins it gets the one seed. Whoever loses gets the two, gets the two seed. It's that simple. Um, you can't make it any more simple than that. Tyner has clinched the three seed, so no matter what happens, uh, they actually take on, I believe, Teleco Plains this week. No matter what happens in that game, they have the three seed clinched, and they will be on the road for the playoffs. Bledsoe County and Polk County, they play each other this week, and they're in the same situation as Megs or Marion County. The only difference is whoever loses – is done for the season. They go home, they sit on the couch and watch the playoffs from the house. So pretty simple there. We're not to the complicated stuff yet, Chris. And it's not really complicated when you have a region this good and a region that has teams that that take care of business. You know, they don't beat up on each other. They say, we're going to win or we're going to lose and we're going to go from there. So thoughts on 2A, Chris? Yeah, I mean, that Marion County-Megs County game Friday, I mean, that's just huge, man. That's that's yeah. you know that's the Tennessee Titans game of the week across the state. I mean, that is a that is just a big, big game. A really good team in Tyner is going to go on the road in the first round of the playoffs. And then, you know, disappointment this year for Polk County. The injuries have taken their toll, uh, or Bledsoe County, rather. The injuries have taken their, their toll at Bledsoe. But, hey, kudos to Polk County. The, the Wildcats have been down for, heck, probably the last four to five years maybe. So for them to kind of fight back to, to get in position in this region to be the number four seed, I think that's huge for uh, Polk County, and that will be another one we'll be keeping up with tomorrow night on our SETN Preps uh, Twitter feed when those two uh, duke it out. And by the way, we'll be later on in this episode. We'll be talking to uh, Dale Pruitt from Marion County and Jason Fitzgerald. You're getting two for one. Everything you want to know about that game, you're going to find out here later in this podcast. And you know, I think both of them are going to have something to say about you know whether they're going. This is the last time they'll be playing each other, or Tyner, or any of that. So uh, I think this won't be the last time that that those three play each other this season. Uh, there's definitely going to be at least two or three more matchups that they play each other in. All right, let's move on to 3A. We're going to briefly stop on the other side of the mountain in the valley, Chris. Uh, we're going to go to where Squatchy County and Grundy County are at. 
Uh, basically, Giles County and Cannon County uh, are one and two. Basically, whoever wins that game gets the one seed. Whoever loses it gets the two seed. And as dominant as Giles has been, Chris, you know, they're a lock for, in my mind, they're a lock for number one, Cannon County number two. By the way, Cannon County and Sequatchie County never actually played. And looking at scores, Sequatchie County, even as rough as they have been this year, probably would have beat Cannon County because Cannon County played a close game with Grundy County. And Sequatchie County actually blew Grundy County out of the water. So when you look at that, that kind of put Sequatchie County in, in, a, in a weird position. Because of a dual COVID game where no contest was made, now they're sitting with a three seed. And COVID has yet again reared its ugly – well, I'll say this. Maybe I'm being a homer. It has yet again reared its ugly head in the TWSAA playoffs and regioning and seeding and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Grundy County actually can get a playoff spot. They can get the number four playoff spot. Uh, with a win against Community this week. Basically, the winner of that game uh, between them and Community gets the fourth seed. And, Chris, I don't know about you, but, Lord almighty, I don't know that I would even want that fourth seed, knowing what's on the other side of that. Uh, Chandler, I'll be honest, I wouldn't want to watch that game. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to see – Grundy County's one and six, Community's two and six. Yeah. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Game, you know, World Series games on Friday night. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. But, but basically, that's how that that range shakes out. All right, let's move over. You've made your comments on that one, so let's move over to to the other region across the mountain, back where we're at. Uh, this region, by the way, stretches all the way from uh, Signal Mountain up to Knoxville in Loudon. Uh, Basically, Loudon and Kingston have put a Knoxville area monopoly on the home playoff spots. Uh, basically, they have the number one seed and the number two seed. So who's just, uh, they, now have Loudon and Kingston? They have they not. have not played each other. They play they play this they yeah. play this week. Okay, that'll be a good game. Yeah. Now that's two that will be that's two. I think two really good football teams. I think Loudon's yeah. a little better, mm-hmm. but I think those I are too. two. I think those are two really good football teams. Yeah, we have a lot of loud people listen to the podcast, too, so we just know just how good they are. We hear that from time to time. So whoever wins that game will be the one seed. Whoever loses will be the two seed. They both basically, you know, they're 4-0. Basically, one will be 5-0, and one will be 4-1, and and that's how they'll decide who's at the top of that region. Let's talk about our area teams now, Chris. Signal Mountain and Brainerd and McMinn Central are all in play, okay? Let's walk through these scenarios, okay? Signal Mountain with a win or a, or a loss plus a McMinn Central win, and by the way, McMinn Central plays Sweetwater this week, so that's a really toss-up game for me, Chris, when I look at that. Sweetwater's been up and down this season. McMinn Central's been up and down this season. You never know which team you're going to get on either end of the spectrum. Uh, you would think McMinn Central will win, but we've seen crazier things. You remember last year we had McMinn Central. They played like Brainerd the last week of the season and just made utter chaos. And, you know, Red, you know Brainerd was going to be the number one seed over Loudon and everything, and all of a sudden they got pushed down to the third seed because they lost to McMinn Central. This is not the same region. Red Bank's not in the mix. They're in 4A. We'll get to that later. I'm sure that'll be some fun to talk about that one. But Signal Mountain can get the third seed if if they win or if they lose and McMinn Central wins against Sweetwater. Okay? Now, if McMinn Central – and by the way, we'll go ahead and say this. Brainerd – and this is the crazy thing about this. Signal Mountain can get the third or the fourth seed. Basically, if they lose and McMinn Central loses, they get the fourth seed. Okay? They can have the third and the fourth seed. Brainerd can only have the third seed. 
but men can only have the fourth seed in this scenario. So basically what Brainerd has to do is they have to win and the men's central has to lose. Brainerd, they take on Signal Mountain. So that's going to be very, very crucial. And the reason all this is this way is because Signal Mountain and Brainerd play, so they can't have the same record. They can't tie right. because they're, right. they're going to play each other. Um, and right now, you know, or actually if Brainerd wins, they would tie, and that creates a three-way tie and all this mess and everything. And I did all the math. All you got to know is Brainerd wins and McMinn Central loses to Sweetwater. They're the third seed, okay? Um and so that would also put Signal Mountain at the fourth seed. Now, the men's central could still get into this thing. They win. Signal Mountain loses. So Brainerd wins, and men's central wins. But men's central gets the fourth seed. Brainerd, they end up, I believe, with the third seed because they would have the head-to-head over Signal Mountain. Um, so that's how that breaks down. Um, it's a little bit complicated because usually, you know, you have like three teams in play for two spots, but – it's kind of weird because you have only one team that can get a three seed, but not the four seed, and a four seed, but not the three seed. So, <sighs> all right, I'll take a breather and let you talk for a second. Yeah, I mean, again, I think Loudon Kingston at one and two, Signal Mountain mm-hmm. with a win, Signal Mountain's third, right? Yes. All right, Signal Mountain will finish third. I think McMinn Central wins, so they would finish mm-hmm. fourth. And uh, yeah. McMinn Central, kind of in that same conversation with Polk yeah. County. A couple of teams that have been down the last couple of years, not very well, good uh, of late, but to see them be able to get into the playoffs and, and take a swing in round one, uh, you know, kudos to them for fighting to get, you know, to get in position for it. Yeah, well, and if Signal Mountain wins uh, that game, uh Brainer would be the four seed, basically. Excuse me. So I, I messed that up. That's my bad. So basically, that's the way it is. This one's a confusing one for whatever reason because two two teams play each other. But but yes, that's the way that would roll out. Uh, I think because basically for Miss Central to get in, they have to win, and Brainer has to win. Oh, so that's okay. the way that one. Yeah. Okay. So that's the way that one rolls out. So, anyways, we'll move on from that one. Uh, if I'm confusing anybody on this podcast, I apologize. Feel free to shoot it. If you hear this during the day on Friday, feel free to send us a message over SCT and Press. We'll be we'll be glad to clear anything up. Trust me, we'll we'll clear anything up we can and explain it all we can. All right, so we have a rare situation. We have a three way tie basically, um, and I say that because any of these three teams can get the one seed depending on what happens Friday in four A. Uh, Chattanooga Central, East Hamilton, and Red Bank can all get the one seed through certain scenarios, okay? Basically, the way this works is Central has played all their region games. They don't even play a game this week. They all have six wins right now, okay? And you would imagine East Hamilton and Red Bank both win their games this week. They have Hickson and Sequoia, respectively. Um, so when you look at this, Chris, it looks like we're going to have 5-1, five 5-1, and 5-1, one, five and one, five and one, Okay. Now, we go to the first tiebreaker, Chris. What happens there? Okay, well, Chattanooga Central still has six wins. Red Bank and East Hamilton have two, right? Or have seven, excuse me. So, that pulls Chattanooga Central below everybody else. They're there the third seed. Now, we have a tie for the first and second seed. East Hamilton, Red Bank, they played each other. Red Bank won that game, so it's Red Bank, East Ham, Central in that scenario, okay? Now, I'm going to run through this real quick. Central could still get the one seed. They're just going to need a lot of help from other people. Basically, the way it breaks down is Central could get the one seed if Red Bank loses. Because if Red Bank loses, 
excuse me, if Red Bank wins and East Hamilton loses, excuse me, sorry about that. If East Hamilton wins and Red Bank loses, okay, that creates a, a, a tie with Chattanooga Central and Red Bank. And who has the tiebreaker between Red Bank and Chattanooga Central, Chris? Well, Central does, but but let's talk more yeah. about what's more likely to happen here. Exactly. East, so I'm just East Hamilton. A, yeah. yeah, East Hamilton is going to beat Hickson. Red Bank mm-hmm. is going to beat Sequoia. And uh, as you have already mentioned, Chattanooga Central doesn't play. So mm-hmm. what's going to happen here, it sounds like, is Red Bank finishes first, mm-hmm. East Hamilton finishes second, yep. Central finishes third, and then the fourth spot looks like it's going to be Saudi Daisy, most likely. Yes, yeah, Saudi Daisy. If they win, they're in, and they have uh, they have East Ridge. Uh, so if they win, they're in. But if they lose, and Hickson loses, which is highly likely that Hickson loses in this situation because of East Hamilton, they're playing East Hamilton. So basically, if if Saudi Daisy loses, Hickson gets in which is a weird situation because basically they get a tie, they tiebreaker, all this stuff goes in, and then Hickson ends up getting that fourth seed. Hmm. So, uh, or excuse me, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Chris. I'm so tired. I'm looking at the wrong one. Basically, they have to lose and Hickson has to lose for Slade Daisy not to get that fourth seed. So you're right, Slade Daisy would get that fourth seed. See, I tell you, what's crazy about all this is we think we have it down and we're like, oh, crap, we forgot about this one factor and all this, so – I think you're right, Chris. I Daisy does because they have to win, and then and then they have to lose plus a Hickson win. Yeah, well, Hickson's not going to win. So, so no, they're not. And by the way, Chris, real quick before we move on to the next region, who's more likely? Who's more likely to lose their game if you had to pick East Ham or Red Bank? Um. Well, let's see. Not that this is going to happen. I'm just. Red Bank plays Sequoia. East Hamilton plays Hickson. I think Hickson's a better team than Sequoia. So I guess I would go East Hamilton. Um, But neither one of those teams are going to lose. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just curious because, you know, when we start to think about this, that was my thought too. If there's going to be an upset in this region this week, it's going to be Hickson over East Hamilton. And I really don't think that's going to happen because East Hamilton's probably just fiery mad after that red bank game and fired up and ready to go. All right, let's go to 5A, a little bit simpler. <laughs> I say a little bit simpler. It's not that simple, Chris, other than red bank, or excuse me, I'm already, I'm back in 4A. Other than Ray County being Clint, having clinched the one seed, it's easy to clinch the one seed when you just beat everybody. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to get the one seed, Chris. Um, so basically, Udawab, Mint County, and Walker Valley are Basically, in a three-way tie situation for second, third, and fourth seed. Basically, the way this works, I mean, Men County can get the second, they can get the second seed if they win, or if they lose and Walker Valley wins. Okay, because there's there's a situation here where you could get a three-way tie. Okay, in, in two different scenarios because basically, if Howard were to win somehow against Walker Valley, which I don't think is very likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Um, you get a one and three versus one and three versus one and three, and all of a sudden you're looking down the barrel at a weird, weird situation. No, I, but basically, but the most likely situation here is okay. Min County has Ottawa. I think that's a lock for Min County to win. Okay, but Min County gets the second seed in that scenario. It's between Walker Valley and Ottawa. 
Okay. Udawa will be one and three. Uh, Walker Valley will be two and two because they play Howard. So Walker Valley gets the number three uh, seed, and Udawa would be four. Udawa gets the fourth. Yeah. So there are scenarios that this gets mixed up. All three of those, basically, all three of those teams are in the mix. Basically, Min County would have to lose to how? Excuse me, to Udawa for anything else to happen in this scenario other than what I just mentioned. And at that point, if Walker Valley wins, which they will, and basically if Min County loses in this situation, they would give the sec- the two seed to Walker Valley yeah. in, in that scenario. Most, I don't see that happening, but it's it's probably the most likely scenario besides the one we mentioned here because I think Udawa is a much better team than Howard, and, and Udawa will probably be able to pull off an upset if anybody could. Uh, against Walker Valley and McMinn County. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, this is going to be Ray 1, McMinn County 2, Walker Valley 3, and Udawa 4. Yeah. That's the way by, that will set up. Yeah, by the way, I'm going through these playoff scenarios just to show people that there are ways that this stuff happens. But, you know, because I think a lot of people do this, Chris. When they talk about playoffs, oh, we win this game, we're in, because they just assume everything else is going to happen. I do want to show people that there are roads to get to the playoffs other than what you assume because – We've seen crazier stuff happen. I go back to that men's central game last year where they beat Brainerd and threw everything out of whack and everything we thought we knew about that region. So that's the only reason I bring these up. And if y'all, if people are getting bored of this, I apologize. We're almost through with this. We're up to 6A now where basically, and you tell me you tell me when I when I start acting, sounding like a broken record, Maryville and Bradley Central are going to fight for the one seed in the last game of the season. So... You just stop me when I start being a broken record, Chris. I'm sure you've already stopped me in your head. You you tuned out a long time ago. I know. Huh? Um, <laughs> that was a little bit too old the nose, Chris. Uh, so this is going to be Maryville one, Bradley Central two, and yes. then Bearden three. Cleveland beat Farragut earlier in the year, so if Cleveland and Farragut both end up tied with mm-hmm. the same record. Cleveland would be four. Okay. So basically, if Cleveland wins, okay, okay, basically, Bearden and Farragut play each other. Cleveland and Hardin Valley play each other. Okay. I think Farragut and Bearden will be a close game. I'm, I would put a 50 50 shot on that game, really, to be honest with you, because both these teams have kind of been, you know, back and forth this season. So, Let's go through these scenarios because I think this is one where people are going to be like, okay, how is this going to happen? Because we have no idea how that Bearden's game is going to go, basically because it's in Knoxville, and we know nothing about these Knoxville teams other than what we don't know. Okay, If Bearden wins that game against Farragut, that's all they have to do is win. They are the third seed. Okay, And if Bearden wins, Cleveland is the fourth seed. Everything is right with the world. If Farragut wins, it brings up a – Three-way tie, and somehow, some way, if Farragut wins and Cleveland loses to Harden Valley, which I don't see Cleveland losing to Harden Valley, but like I said, we've seen this Cleveland team. You know, I didn't expect them to lose to that Bearden team a, a week or two ago. You know, that kind of situation. So well, Harden Valley's one and eight. So they are, and and and, and I will say this, Chris, it, they are one and eight. They're six eighteen. So I have no idea what to expect for them, other than I think that Cleveland's going to win that game more. Then Harden, I think Harden Valley is going to win that game. So there is a scenario here. Cleveland, if Cleveland wins, okay, they are in. Even if they don't win and Bearden wins. So what they really have to pay attention to is if Bearden wins. If Bearden wins, they're in. 
Okay, but if Bearden loses to Farragut, that becomes a close game. Now they have to win that game in order to get uh, into the playoffs So and, and be that third seed. That's basically how that runs out. And basically, if Farragut wins and Cleveland loses, that's how Farragut gets into the playoffs, and then everything's thrown out of whack there. So those are your scenarios for 6A down at the bottom. It seems like there's always three teams vying for two spots, Chris, and that just seems to be the crazy thing about all of these playoff scenarios. Your yeah. thoughts on, on, on Bearden, Cleveland, Farragut? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Bearden ends up being the three and Cleveland ends up being the four. Yeah, I think Farragut. He, I think, I, yeah, Farragut and Harden Valley stay home. Yeah, even if Farragut wins that game and pulls off the upset and gets into the playoffs, I think Cleveland still gets in, especially because they're going to win against Harden Valley. So, and they'll they'll actually be the three seed, which will be a little bit easier on them because you know I can't imagine that the other regions, you know, just fantastic. Because here's the thing: Bearden and Farragut were in that other region last year, you know, so two of those teams are already with you. And now you're kind of having to play another region. I think they are they the first region, region one, or are they region two? I think they're, they're region, region two. two. So, so you'll play somebody up in northeast Tennessee, probably like a Science Hill or, or some of those teams that you would expect. So, yep. all right. Um, and we'll get into all the playoff matchups next week because it's kind of it's complicated enough to figure out where our teams are going to be in the playoffs. It's even more complicated to go into regions we know nothing about <laughs> and try to figure out who's going to be one, two, three, and four, and match up with everybody. So, Chris, we are done with the public schools. Let's go to the private schools. Division two, double A. Knox Webb has locked down, has clinched the number one seed, no matter what happens. They have CCS this week. And by the way, CCS has clinched the four seed no matter what. Okay. Boy Buchanan, they have the five seed. Notre Dame, they have the six seed no matter what. The only thing up for grabs this week is the two and three seed. And CAK and Silverdale are up for grabs there. They play each other this week. Whoever wins that game is the two seed. Whoever loses that game is the three seed. Uh, Knox Grace is not in the playoffs. They lost to Boyd, or they, they play Boyd this week. There's actually not a scenario where they make it in because they have a three-way tie. Tiebreaker always goes to Boyd Buchanan and Notre Dame because here's the thing, Chris. A lot of these teams have a lot of different win totals, total win totals. So by the time you get to the first tiebreaker, like, it's very clear who's number one, two, and three in every scenario. So right. that's why we've got them locked in at that situation. Uh, Boy Buchanan, number five, Notre Dame, number six, CCS, number four, and Silverdale's going to be two or three, depending on if they win that game against CAK or not. I think that will be a fantastic game to watch this week. Now, my sources over on uh, Moore Road tell me that Boyd Buchanan will play at CPA next week. That Ooh. that playoff uh, that playoff situation is already set. So Boyd yeah. Buchanan at Christ Presbyterian next week. CPA, by the way, uh, is uh, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one for um, for Boyd Buchanan to go against CPA. Right now, seven and two uh, on the year, uh, including a win over Brentwood Academy earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hey, also nice. have wins over BGA and MBA. So mm-hmm. they have um, – and they just lost to Oakland by three points. So – Golly. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's going to be, is that, is that on another list? Like that list, that Loudon list we have going now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll continue on with this one, but basically uh, Silverdale and CAK, I think that's going to be a good game to watch. I think both these offenses are capable of scoring a bunch of points. Uh, Division two, double a, one thing I do know about division two, double a Chris is basically that points are scored as you know, liberally as possible. There are as many points scored as you want. So if you ever want to see an offensive game, go watch a Division Double AA game because they put out the points. Are their defenses there? Yes. Are they, you know, are they are they doing a great job? Absolutely, Chris. But those offenses are just so, so good in Division Two Double A. So uh, that's Division Two Double A. Anything else on that, Chris? Nope. Let's go to uh, Division Two Three A. All right, that sounds good. So basically the way this works out, okay, is Macaulay is clinched the, the one seed. Shocker, I know. It's it, we were we were wondering all year where Macaulay was going to end up, Chris. Um that's that's a little bit of sarcasm. I know you don't pick that up over the phone. Hmm. So <laughs> thought you were being Sorry, serious. I'm in, a, <laughs> I'm in a sarcastic mood today. I I'm probably just tired. That's probably what it is. So basically, the Baylor can still get into the playoffs. We'll talk about Baylor and then talk about these others real quick. But I want to talk about Baylor first. Baylor can get in with a they can be the third seed as high as the third seed with a win, a Pope John Paul II loss, and an Ox Catholic loss. And Chris, that scenario is looking very very good. Oh, I think so. Why. I think so. I think because first it, off, Baylor can beat Father Ryan. Yes, and I don't think Pope John Paul II is. Uh, you know, JP two's not all that good, uh, yeah. and they're going up against Macaulay, so they're going to get been smacked surprising now. this year. Though they they have been surprising what they've been able to do. Yeah. You know, when I look at the standings, I turn around, and I'm like, man, yeah. like they actually they. they they pulled off an upset or two in the region is what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying well, they they're the beat, best team in the state, Chris. Don't, don't think I'm saying they're going to be a state champion just because I say they're good, you know. I mean, they, everybody at Division II AAA you know, level is good, Chris. They've – they JP2 lost to Baylor. They lost mm-hmm. to NBA. Um, they beat Knox Catholic, and yeah. they beat uh, – barely beat Knox Catholic, beat them by three, yeah. and beat Father Ryan by a touchdown. So, again, yeah. I – you know – Macaulay's going to drop the hammer on them. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Friday I'm night. not. I'm not debating that at all. I, I'm just saying they. It surprised me when I looked at their record. I thought they were going to be bottom of the barrel. I thought it was just going to be Macaulay, NBA, Knox Catholic, and Baylor, and then Pope John Paul and Rob Father Ryan were at the bottom. But actually, right now, Pope John Paul would be getting into the playoffs. Um, basically, Baylor has to win because here's the thing. I think I think JP two is is a lock for a loss there against Macaulay. I mean, I hate to look too far ahead in this, Chris. So, basically, if Pope John Paul loses and they win, they get the four seed. And if Knox Catholic loses, that's just icing on the cake because now Baylor's the three seed. And you know how important that seeding is in Division II AAA, Chris. So, that's Division II AAA. I think Baylor's right there in the mix. Even though Baylor is on the outside looking in right now in the region standings, I think they have – because they're having to have a lot of things happen for them – I think the things that have got to happen are not so far-fetched. I think Pope John Paul loses. I think Knox Catholic plays a close game with NBA, and I could see NBA losing that game because I saw how NBA played against McCauley. I saw how Knox Catholic played against McCauley. And let me tell you something, Chris. That was not anywhere near 
you know, identical games, if I could, if I could say it lightly, Chris. I mean, NBA, you know, McCauley had to come back and beat NBA. They ran away from Knox Catholic. So it's not out of the question that Baylor could definitely be even a three seed in this situation. Um, and, you know, that that's a very, very good situation. Because I think that four – and if they get the four seed, Chris, that sets them up to potentially be able to be on opposite sides of the bracket with McCauley. So, honestly – you might want to be pulling for a Knox Catholic win over NBA at this point, hmm. because if they win Baylor and Macaulay on the opposite ends of the spectrum, and we thought we were going to have, you know, three teams, you know, we, me and you've been talking off there. We think we'll have three, you know, two, three teams in the playoffs to get to the fit, to get to Finley. Baylor's right there in the mix. I mean, they could definitely go on a run. Now do I think they will? I don't know, but they could definitely go on a run. And if they're on the other side of this, now we have three or four teams in the Chattanooga area going to Finley uh, later this season in December for what is always a great weekend of football. All right, there you have it. There is a look at the way the region standings shake out and some playoff possibilities for you heading into this final week in the regular season of high school football. Stick around. We've, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back Earlier this week, Chandler visited with the head coach at Marion County in Dale Pruitt and the head coach at Meigs County in Jason Fitzgerald. We will bring you both of those interviews coming up in our next segment. Stay with us. We'll do that coming up next. Hey, this is Chandler from SETM Preps. We hope that you're enjoying the SETM Preps podcast and all we have to offer. If you really, really enjoyed the podcast, we'd love to get some listener support. As little as 99 cents a month could help us out tremendously. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm, search SETM Preps Podcast, and click on the listener support button is all you got to do to help us out. We'd really appreciate it and really appreciate your support. And thank you for listening to SETM Preps. Chris and Chandler back with you on SETN Preps. Uh, look, we've got a big game. It's uh, it's probably the biggest game in our area this season. Marion County hosting Meigs County, first place on the line in Region 3-2A. We thought this week we would bring you interviews with both head coaches. Um, Chandler actually did the, the interview with Coach Pruitt for a, uh, a little radio show that he and I do called Friday Night Showdown. So that's what that interview with Coach Pruitt is taken from. And then uh, Coach Fitzgerald is one for here on SETN Prep. So Chandler, before we toss to the interviews, anything you want to, um, anything you want to mention about it? I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised with, with how these coaches think and, and the mindset they have um, as far as uh, – you know, these are coaches that want to go game by game, but they're not afraid to look ahead either and say, this is our goal and this is where we're going and this is the possibility down the road. And I think that's so refreshing because sometimes, you know, we get into this, you know, mentality of take it game by game, game by game, and don't think about anything ahead. But both these coaches have that ability to be able to think ahead and still be able to focus in the moment. But, uh, Chris, and I believe after this interview we're going to do our ranking. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, we'll get to our rankings coming up after the interviews, but this uh, let's go ahead and bring this to you now. Dale Pruitt, Jason Fitzgerald, Chandler had a chance to talk to both of them, and here they are this week on SCTN Preps. Here on SCTN Preps with Coach Jason Fitzgerald at Meigs County High School. Coach, how are we doing today? 
Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, Coach, we talk about how good this this offense at Mex County has been, um, and just the amount of points y'all been putting up. You know, what do you con- what do you attribute that to as far as the kind of offense you've been outputting this year? Well, I think it goes back to you know start with a couple of seniors that we had coming back and you know Logan Carroll being our quarterback and it being his second year and he being the leader there again and you know, all state wide receiver back and Cameron Huckabee who's had a great year and um, you know and then you move up front you got a couple of seniors who have uh, played a lot in Austin Andrews and Logan Otting uh, and then you got Ben Smith who's back in the backfield and, um, you know, those guys have played a lot of football and we'll just try to continue on what we've been doing. But I think anytime you're successful on either side of the ball, it's got to be with what you're doing up front. And, you know, we had to, um, we graduated three offensive linemen and that's where our real key was coming back there and finding somebody to take over what Will did last year. But I'm really pleased with our offensive line. And I think, Anytime you have success, uh, you're winning the line of scrimmage, whether that's offensively or defensively. And and talking about the other side of the ball, you know, uh, only one team has scored double digits that that Tyner game, uh, two shutouts this season. Uh, is the is the same uh, different side, same story there with with the defensive line. Same story. We got our two, we're you know we we're in a three four, and we got our two defensive ends back, um, and Daquan Tatum and and uh, Dalton Ferguson um, got a few more starters back on defense. We had nine guys or eight guys coming back on defense. So we only had to replace three, you know, we gave up double digits to Tyner and they're a really good football team, but mm-hmm. you know, we felt like we could have held them to, you know, a little bit less. We gave up two fourth down passes for touchdowns. And uh, if we make a couple of plays right there, we may have been able to hold them to a single score. So, you know, you know, it's going to be cold. It's going to, you know, it's November. And I think even this Friday, it's going to get cold. It's going to get wet. Yeah, you better be able to play good defense and run the football if you're going to, you know, try to win a championship. You know, when you talk about that kind of Tyner game and you got this game coming up with Marion County, how hard is it to prepare for, I guess, four quarters of football? Because, you know, when you have those margins that you have during the season and, and play a great schedule like you have, how difficult is it to prepare for someone who's going to go four quarters with you? Well, you know, it, the good thing was we had an off week after Tyner. Uh, so we didn't have to go back to back. We had an off week last week, get healed up a little bit and to get ready for Marion County. But, you know, you want to see competition like this before you get back in the playoffs. You know, the last couple of years we've been able to have that game with South Pittsburgh and, um, you know, to test us to see where we were at. We had one set up with – the King's Academy early in the year and and uh was they were gonna have some athletes and some players to kind of see where we were but uh you know I thought I was proud of my team that's the uh, you know we had to battle four quarters with Tyner and Tyner got up on us and you know because of our experience and things we had been through we didn't panic and uh came back and won the football game you know usually you talk about being in Decatur and, and all people can talk about is football on Friday night sometimes and but this week, everybody in Chattanooga is talking about this game. You know, how do you keep your kids from getting caught up in that hype and, and kind of falling into that with such a big game? 
Well, we've talked about that too. And we've been in so many big games the last six years, five years. You know, we've been in semifinal games. We've been in state championship games. We played at South Pittsburgh. You know, my kids kind of feed off that. Um, they're not ones that shy away from that. The bigger the crowd, the louder it is, the more it gets them going. So we're really looking forward to it. And um, I think any good team looks forward to playing in an environment like that. I know when, you know, Tyner or Marion County would come to us in a full stadium indicator, I think teams look forward to that. Kind of like those battles we had with Trousdale County at their place and our place. I mean, good football teams don't shy away from that. They they enjoy the environment. They want a lot of people there. And um, we're just looking forward to it on Friday night. Speaking of environment, you know, going on the road, how, how do you prepare for that environment? Yeah, you really don't. I mean, uh, we're just taking care of ourselves this week and making sure we know what to do and being sharp in what we're doing. And, you know, it, you know, in a high school stadium, it's really the crowd noise is not so loud that you're going to have trouble hearing a snap or doing those types of things a lot of times. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of emotion. It's their senior night. Um, but once the emotion wears off after three or four plays, it's going to be who executes and who plays the hardest and who wins the line of scrimmage uh, is going to be the winner of the football game. You know, preparing for this game, you know, you kind of look at the tape for Marion County. You know, what do you say – what would you say they do well? What's really been effective for them this season? Well, I mean, offensively, it starts with running the football. They've got – they're big up front, uh, really good linemen, and then there's – you know, they got three or four people in the backfield um, that if you don't tackle well, they can take it to the house. And, you know, starts with Tay. At, at quarterback and I believe you know early in the year he was playing running back but I believe they just decided to put their best athlete at quarterback just from we've done those years and I totally understand that but then there's two or three guys around him too that touch the football that have a chance each time so they run the football really well um and then defensively they've been solid on defense too I mean you they hadn't had many points scored on them um and I said the other day, this may be the quickest high school football game in America. It may last an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, you know, you go back and when you watch Marion County and Tyner, Tyner only has the ball three times in the first half. I mean, Marion just eats the clock. And that's something we like to do, too. So we'll see which defense can get the other offense off the field. So if they put an over-under on this game, it's going to be on the time, not on the points. Right, Coach? <laughs> on the time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to somebody today, and I said, dang, you know, if it wasn't raining, we'd probably throw 100 passes Friday night combined. And, of course, that's a joke. We've – we've uh, neither team throws the throws the football a whole lot. You, you've got this matchup against Marion County this Friday, and, you know, a lot of people wondering, do you think this is going to be a matchup you see again down the road this year? If we both do what we need to do. Um, we could see that matchup again. I'm sure Tyner's going to be there too, and Trousdale County will have something to say about it. But you know what? Coming at the end of the year, I talked to some people today. You know, you got a chance if you both take care of your business to see them in two or three weeks again. Um, what do you do? Do you load all your bullets in the gun to win the region championship, or do you save some bullets for down the road, try to win a state championship? 
that's something we're trying to decide and and um plan out talk with coaches and you know because playing them late in the year you know it might be different if you played them early in the year but we played tighter late in the year and um you know there's a chance whoever wins the region sees tighter in the second round and and uh the person they lose to this friday night in the third round so got to be some thinking and some thought process going into what you do uh what's the most important um but um it's going to be fun you know you talk about this region what is it like to be in this region where you know it's kind of just really competitive at the top uh compared to maybe where you were in the past few years in, in that other region where maybe at the top it wasn't as competitive but overall it was yeah, it was. You know, there was a couple of years there in our last region where in the second round we played Rockwood and the third round we played Oneida or in the second round we played Oneida and the third round we played Rockwood. And uh, we had to play them twice as well. Um, I think, though, Tyner, Marion, Meigs County, I think we all have a chance to represent the East. Uh, you know, I think there's five or six teams in the East that you throw them in a, in a hat. and. Um, especially with a quadrant we're in with Watertown and Trousdale County, you could throw us probably all five and a half and uh, mix them up and a different person would win each time. You know, and talking about, talking about that, uh, the last, I think it was the last seven years, the uh, Tyner, Marion and Megs have represented over the last seven years, six times in the state championship. Uh, the latter two coming from your team, you know, in your mind, you know, coming up short in the last two years, what does this team have to do to kind of, finally break through that wall and and make a state championship run and it's just different you know you got to have a little luck um we talk about you got to have a little luck you got to be really good it's hard to win a state championship and we've been lucky enough to get there twice and you know we just ran into a really good peabody team who you know on those two saturdays were good and um it's a matchups. Uh, Peabody's not there anymore, but there's a couple of good teams that have moved into 2A that are there in the West. Um, you know, you have to be a good football team. I truly believe teams that can run the football and stop the run when it gets to November um, are the teams that are going to show up in the state championship. Um, a lot of teams that throw it around and do different things, that's all good and well in the summer and early in the year, but when it's when it gets November, you're going to have to be able to line up, run the football, and then you're going to have, to have some luck. Um, you know, got to get some bounces your way, and um, uh, to be able to get that goal ball, to get, to get that championship. And and one last question for you, Coach, and I'll let you go. You know, when you talk about, you know, possibility of state championship and all that, does it get a little bit more pep in the step to kind of maybe – be able to play in a state championship right down the road in Finley. Well, yeah, because it's right at home. But I've you know, said before, if it's a state championship, we just want to get there. It doesn't matter where it is, Memphis, Nashville, Cookville, Chattanooga, uh, Johnson City. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, it's really neat. It's really close to home this year. And, and we hope we're able to represent the East and – you know, any of the three teams we're talking about right now, right here around the Chattanooga area, have a chance to make it to Finley Stadium in 2A, and and we just got to see how things fall out the next five weeks. Coach, appreciate you coming on the show. As always, a pleasure to have you, and uh, good luck to you boys. Man, thank you, and thank you for high school.
football. That was Jason Fitzgerald at Meigs County High School. Uh, we're going to head over and we're going to talk to Dale Pruitt at Mary County High School and get his take on the game coming up against Meigs County tonight. Coach, you sit here at week 11 uh, undefeated. You know, with a schedule like this, year two, did you expect to be here at this point this fast? <laughs> well, with everything that's gone on in the past two years, there's no way of expecting anything, to be honest with you. We're just proud to be one game at a time. Uh, you know, we had you know, we had games we had to postpone both years. Uh, this year, both years, Tyner's been good enough to make it up with us as far as games that we had to postpone. And, uh, you know, we're just proud that our kids have persevered and, and uh, took one game at a time. And there's a lot of, you know, my hat goes off to all – the athletes that are playing right now in this time and day because of the fact that there's no certainty. And, um, you know, you just – all of a sudden you take 10 days off and you don't see them and they don't see you, and then you come back and play them, you know, three or four or five days. That's that's pretty hard to do. And uh, everybody just about the state's done it at least once. You head out to Walden's Ridge last Friday night. You beat Signal Mountain. What do you take away from that game? Well, you know, we've t- we told our kids all along it's all about us, uh, you know, and we want to continue to get better, and we, we think we did. Uh, we've uh, got more kids in the ball game, got kids that have been injured some of the year that have gotten better. Uh, you know, so the big thing about it is, uh, you know, you got to get better each week, and we felt like we made some strides. You know, it was an easy – it was very easy trap game. Uh, you know, we just got through playing Tyner. You got uh, Signal Mountain, and, and uh, you know, our kids don't know a whole lot about the kids at Signal Mountain and all that kind of stuff, and it's not a region game. And then you got Bledsoe, I mean, uh, uh, Meg sitting right there waiting for the next week. So, you know, I was proud that our kids went about it in a business-like manner and, uh, you know, played a pretty relatively clean game. It was a little sloppy at the end of the second half, I mean, first half, but the rest of the game was pretty clean. You know, speaking of Mex County, you know, every game in, in a small town, especially in the Valley, you know, everybody's talking about that game every Friday night. It's not often that you have everybody in Chattanooga talking about the game. You're, you're, <laughs> you're uh, playing on Friday night. You know, what are your thoughts going into this game with Mex County? Well, you know, uh, of course, it's, you know, it's the, the – it's stacked up very well with both of us being undefeated and in the same region on the last night of the you know regular season and all of that. That gives both communities something to look forward to. It gives kids something to look forward to. Uh, you know, the biggest thing we want to do is go play hard and uh, leave it on the field, but uh, it doesn't define either team because probably or possibly we could meet again. And uh, our Tyner could mix be in that mix, you know. So, uh, you know, we got to take it and try to get better and hope we're better the next week because from here on out, you know, after the Megs game, there is no tomorrow, tomorrow guaranteed. So, uh, I think it's a, a great measuring stick, and I think it's something to, you know, to end the season on. It's uh, you couldn't ask for a better, better deal, coach. You got a lot of hop going into this game. How do you keep your players, you know, kind of level-headed going into that game and keeping them away from the hop of this game? 
Well, you know, we've cautioned them all year about this kind of stuff. And, uh, um, you know, but there's 16, 17-year-old young men, so you don't know what they're thinking. Uh, but the bottom line is, you know, it's basically uh, it doesn't matter how good you are, how good they are. It's 48 minutes, and there's going to be a few plays one way or the other. It's going to determine the outcome. And if we'll do the average things over and over and over and over and over, we don't have to do the spectacular things. And that's what we've tried to tell them all years. And uh, they've done a good job of that. And, you know, uh, I think they're confident. I don't think we're by no means blowing it out of our minds either way. Uh, I think our kids are, you know, going to be ready to play and do the best they can. You know, Mex County, as, as well as your team, Coach, you know, they put up a lot of team, a lot of points on, on a lot of teams. You know, right. what did they do so well offensively from what you've seen? Well, they're multiple offensively. Uh, you know, and, and, and it always starts at the quarterback position. Uh, their quarterback is outstanding. Uh, he runs the – he's the, their fifth running back, which makes it even tougher. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and he's a tough kid. Uh, you know, he's a, a big kid. He throws the ball adequate, but he runs it very well. Uh, but they're, they're very good defensively. They've given up very few points. Uh, you know, they uh, run to the ball extremely well. They tackle well. You know, they, you know, I just like they play with a lot of courage. Uh, you know, so it's a, a very good football team. When you talk about that, that multiple offense, you know, it, is it hard to to is it harder to match up against because you don't know what's coming, or a little bit easier because you've got a little bit of a lot of other teams in the mix and what they do? Well, you know, everybody has tendencies. All good football teams have tendencies, and you know, you can only run so many plays. There's only only so many holes. But what they do is they make you defend different formations, and if they find a spot where that you're not. Uh, sound at that, or they can take advantage of you by physical matchup. They do a very good job of staying with it and, and running the football there. Uh, you know, the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier, the one thing he used to do is if he found a, uh, where you was a week at some place, he's going to wire you out there until you call a timeout or scored. And, he said, and someone asked him one time why he done it. He said, well, if you let them get over on the sideline, they're going to fix it before we, have, before we get the ball back. So we better take advantage of them now. They're kind of like that. If they get the quarterback running and he does a, he gets to gaining yardage, they'll stick with that. If they find a formation that they like, they stick with it. But they go give you several formations to see how you line up against it. Coach. You know, that offensively, y'all have done a fantastic job this year, but defensively is, is where it's been impressive. Uh, four shutouts this season, only two games where the other team has scored double-digit points. You know, what has really stood out to you and what has been clicking with this defense, especially of late? Well, uh, the fact we've got some leads has helped us build depth. And, you know, anytime you're trying to go far in the playoffs, which makes it as the last few years – is, you know, you got to have some depth because somebody's going to get hurt, somebody's going to get nicked, somebody's going to have to come out of the game. So I think the, the depth has helped us develop better football players because it gives us a little more 
Uh, they put forth more effort at practice because they know that someone is right behind them. And uh, I th think that has helped us as the year has gone. Uh, you know, the, our kids have done, have responded in, in whatever we've asked them to do. They tackled well, knock on wood, because that's where it's all. That's what it's all about. If you tackle, you got a chance to win. And uh, they tackle well this season. And, uh, you know, uh, that's pretty much have not given up a bunch of big plays defensively, which is also very good. Uh, we did blow an assignment last week and, and Signal Mountain had a chance to have a big play on a double pass. But maybe we learned something there. Uh, but by and large, I think they've run to the ball well. They've tried to get better each week. they pay attention to detail and, and try to do the regular things. Uh, and, and talking about the kind of margins you've had this year, you know, a lot of games, you know, two or three at touchdowns at least of uh, the margins. How do you go about preparing your kids for the potential of having, you know, a close game like you might have against Meigs County? Well, you know, you, can, you can't simulate that in practice. You know, you can talk about too many drills. You can do this, you can do that. But the bottom line is we try to go into every football game talking about the ball. The ball is what it's all about. If we take care of the football, you know, statistics show if you don't fumble the football, you got a great opportunity or don't turn it over, you got a great opportunity to win. And I think they've kind of bought in on that. And they've, you know, done a pretty good job stripping the ball, getting interceptions, scoring on defense and that kind of stuff. So it, it's kind of made, you know, made it happy, made it uh, fun for them, so to speak. And, uh, but, the, you know, the bottom line is it's about the, the kids that put the uniforms on and, uh, you know, what, what their makeup is. Uh, Coach, a couple more questions here. You know, you either end up, depending on how this game goes with the first or second seed in the playoffs, you get that home playoff game. How crucial is that to y'all to be able to get that home game in the first round? Well, <clears throat> I've been in this 40-something years, and I know it. it's a lot easier to win when you start it all off at home. Uh, I, you know, because after that first weekend, uh, half of them are going to be gone, and you're going to have the hows and the how nots. Uh, and it's a lot easier to get your kids ready to play the first playoff game at home rather than getting on a bus and driving some places that they may have never been. Uh, it might be your first cold night. They can be a lot of things playing in there. But the bottom line is uh, that first Friday night, most of the teams that win in the playoffs are home games. Of course, there's the top seed they're supposed to be. But that, you know, when there is no tomorrow, that once you get started in the playoffs, there's no telling who can win. You know, it's just whoever plays well that night, who is healthy. So if you get a little bit of confidence in that first weekend, then good things can happen. Coach, what does this team need to be able to do to, to make a state championship run? Well, you know, it sounds like football talk, and I guess it is football talk. But some of the teams that I have had that's made the better runs have not been the best football teams as far as the biggest, strongest, and fastest, maybe. Um, so, biggest thing is they got to play together. They got to take care of the ball, which I just mentioned a minute ago. They got to tackle well, and 
the kicking game is, you know, is crucial. And uh, so we've been pretty good in, in all them as you know, all them three areas so far this year. And so, you know, that's that's the big deal. You can't go into the playoffs and say, oh, it's the biggest game we got of the year, blah, 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 blah. We got to because bad things happen when that happens. You got to play. And I caution them like when we play against the team, it's supposed to be the weakest team on our, our uh, schedule. I'll say, well, you know, I hope the noise level is the same tonight as it is when we play the best team as far as in this restaurant. I hope you're preparing tonight because it's supposed to be a faceless opponent. And if you try to prepare different against a good team, you're going to be nervous. You're going to fumble footballs, you're going to turn it over, you're going to blow assignments, you're going to get tired really quick because of nerves. So, you know, we, we try to instill that, that every, every week is important and every week is the next game. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Does it look, get a little pep in your team, maybe the program that, you know, if you if you make it that far in, in, the, cha- in the playoffs that you get to go right across the mountain and just go to Chattanooga for the championship? Well, you know, that is – that's really, really good because I have played in two state championships before when it was holes in the wall and a long way from home. Uh, you know, we had our jamboree there this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we made a statement to our kids, you know, it would certainly be great to start our season here and end our season here. And there's not many teams that even have that opportunity. And, uh, you know, that's uh, – uh, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's a really opportunity. a really good opportunity. Coach, appreciate you coming on the show. As always, a pleasure to have you, and good luck to you boys tonight. Thank you. Hey, this is Chandler from SETM Preps. We hope that you're enjoying the SETM Preps podcast and all we have to offer. If you really, really enjoyed the podcast, we'd love to get some listener support. As little as 99 cents a month could help us out tremendously. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm, search SETM Preps podcast, and click on the listener support button is all you got to do to help us out. We really appreciate it and really appreciate your support. And thank you for listening to SETM Preps. Appreciate both of those uh, coaches this week. That's some that's some good football coaches, Dale Pruitt and Jason Fitzgerald. Appreciate both of those guys giving us a little bit of time here on SET and Preps this week. Big game for them, and they were certainly uh, certainly willing to talk about it. So, let's uh, Chandler, if you're ready, man, let's go ahead and jump into our small school classification uh, this week. Our rankings. I'm going to give you mine first. I'm going to go with the best eight-man football team in the nation coming in at number five in grace. Then from there, I'm going Tyner, South Pittsburgh, Marion, and Megs. Uh, Look, I've got Megs one, Marion two. Uh, At this point, you're just splitting hairs, in my opinion, over those two. We'll find out for certain who the best team is on Friday night. You know, Chris, I've got the exact same rankings, and I wanted to put Sigma out at number five, but there can't be a 42-point gap between number two and number five. Yeah. There just can't. I mean, and I hate to – I mean, Sigma Mountain had a great year, had a fantastic year. How far were they going in the playoffs? I don't know. They might go to the second round just because that other region over there, it, it can be a little rough. So they get that third seed. They might look out and play somebody. Um, you know, so 
to me, I've got Signal Mountain out. I've put you kindly convinced me. I put Grace Baptist in. I think that you know if 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 you if you took eight man eight men eight man football from our area teams, maybe in the small school classifications, and put on against Grace, I think Grace would have a have a leg up on them just because they've been playing eight man football all season. But number two, I think they have a very very good team as well and some good athletes out there too. So who knows? I think Grace Baptist they could match up with probably the best of them as long as you got eight men on the field. Yeah. Uh, again, so. I think uh, look what's going on at Grace. Over the last year and a half, with between the the tornado, the pandemic, uh, just mm-hmm. everything that's happened, for them to be in this situation right now, I just think uh, again, uh, that's just a great, great story. That is the stuff that somebody needs to make a movie about it um, because yeah. that's just really, really good stuff. Let's go on to the big schools now, Chandler. I'll let you start us off here on the uh, on the large school classifications. Chris, a lot of shakeups, a lot of shakeups in this one. Uh, Baylor and Cleveland are not in mind. They're close. I think Baylor's number six, Cleveland's number seven. Uh, Cleveland was not impressive for me in, in that loss to, to Bearden. Um, but we'll, we'll go past that, get past our honorable mentions, and go to our top five, Chris. Number five, I got Silverdale Academy. I think they are as impressive as any team in our area, and I think they've got a chance to make a good, good run. Um, I think it may come down to them. We talked about earlier in this podcast, CPA. I think it may come down to them and CPA, depending on how the bracket shakes out. I believe they would have to face each other in the semifinals, uh, maybe possibly in the uh, uh, in the championship. I think it's the semifinals is how that bracket's weird. Because that bracket's weird, you know, in Division II AA, because it's all one bracket. And it's like a 16-T seed and three regions and mixed matching and all that. So, But I've got Silverdale at number five. Uh, number four, I've got Bradley Central. I still think they're a really, really great team. I do not take a lot away from that Ray County loss other than they are not as good as Ray County. So, and I've got Ray County at number two. I've got Macaulay at number one. And number three, it's a bit of a surprise, Chris. I know a lot of people are going to be like, I don't know about this. I've got Red Bank at number three. Oh, wow. I've got Red Bank at number five. Okay. Uh, I got Bradley at four, Silverdale three, Ray mm-hmm. two, Macaulay one. So we have the same five. We basically swap Red Bank and Silverdale. Man, it looks like it. Yeah. So, it looks like it. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. I, I think that, you know, Silverdale is a really good team. I think Red Bank, listen, I think Red Bank is good. I probably, if I had to go do it again, I'd probably move them down just a hair maybe below Bradley Central or something like that. I just wanted to move Bradley Central down a little bit better because I did not expect them to lose. That was probably the most shocking result. Like, because we knew that both these teams were good. But you think, okay, 6-18, you know, a lot of talent. You think, man, Bradley Central is going to win that one at least by a touchdown or two, you know. And they went and lost that game. And that's probably the most shocking. And I know that sounds weird to say. That's probably the most shocking loss of the season other than that Central Red Bank game. I think there have only been two games. I, that, that Central Red Bank game is probably the only one I texted you about in, in the Tyner Megs game when Tyner was up at the half. I texted you about it directly and said, hey, uh, this is this result. We need to talk about this on the show. <laughs> you know, there's only, been a, there's only been one or two times that's happened this season, and one of those times was that Central Red Bank game. Um, and if I wasn't, struggling with Twitter, I probably would have texted you about that Bradley Central Ray County game because I was 
up and up in arms about that one, trying to figure out how the heck that one happened. So, uh, but yeah, that's my top five. Your top five is the same. You just got Red Bank and Silverdale swapped out. All right. I think that's going to do it for us this week here on SET and Preps. Again, apologies coming to you a little bit later in the uh, in the week than what we normally do. We'll get back on track next week. We're back with you again on Monday. Enjoy some high school football on Friday night. And don't forget, give us a follow on Twitter at SET and Preps. We are your source for all of your Friday night prep football scores we'll be delivering it to you again this week so thanks for hanging out we'll see you again next week on setn preps hey this is chandler from setn preps we hope that you're enjoying the setn preps podcast and all we have to offer if you really really enjoyed the podcast we'd love to get some listener support as little as 99 cents a month could help us out tremendously all you have to do is go to anchor.fm search setm preps podcast and click on the listener support button is all you got to do to help us out we would really appreciate it and really appreciate your support and thank you for listening to setm preps